welcome to Leader Flow, hydration for thirsty leaders, a preeminent source of curated world-class leadership resources that will enable you to grow your influence and multiply your impact. Alex Sapala and Steve Kane are experienced leaders in both the profit and non-profit sectors, giving them a unique vantage point which enables them to deliver multi-dimensional leadership principles and practices to help maximize your leadership flow. Let's join the conversation. G'day, Alex. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Ah, oh, very good, mate. Having a good time lately, so that's good. That's always a good thing. I love the change of the weather. It's starting to get nicer now and not quite so... Um, Cold, so that's always a good time of the year for me. Yeah, me too. I like spring. I love spring. Spring has sprung indeed. Yeah, I just love the warm weather. It makes me feel good. makes me feel mm-hmm. on top of the world, actually. Yep. Absolutely. And enjoying the time out in the sun and in the water. Happy days. We're at school holidays at the moment, so both of us have kids at home. We do. Which is uh, always a bit of fun. We've been doing a few things with them, and mm-hmm. it's always nice to be able to take them out and enjoy a little bit of the outdoors with them exactly get them out of the house off those ipads <laughs> definitely <laughs> so what do you want to talk about today man i was thinking have you ever had experiences where you were having a conversation with someone they kind of just zoned out on you sorry mate did you say something yeah well, <laughs> whenever i'm talking to you i get this sense that you're not listening to me so that's why we're doing I'm, this podcast today. i'm so totally zoned in mate. um have i had <laughs> I have indeed. I've. Um, you can see the the lights are out. The, the the person's looking at you, but they're staring into you know far off space somewhere. And the things that you're saying, you could probably tell them if their hair's gone green, and they probably wouldn't react at all. They just keep looking at you, and you can you get that sense they're staring straight through you, don't you? Yeah, that's yep. that's right. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you know, I've had experiences where I'm sure we all have, where we've met people who asked great questions and then they listened really intently to what we were saying. And then by the next line of questioning, you kind of know that they'd really listened to what was being shared with them. And doesn't it make you feel really, it just actually makes you feel um, that you're important to someone else for that brief moment that that person is actually listening to you, don't you? And it's interesting, isn't it? Because when it does happen, you really notice it. You pick it up quickly. Yep. Maybe it's because people don't do that enough. Yeah, you're probably fine. Unfortunately, there's an old saying that says that most people are listening for a for a uh, an opportunity to respond, and they are listening to understand. So, you know, most of the time they're just they're just looking at it and go, "Oh, hang on a sec, there's a break in the traffic. He's breathing in. <gasps> Quick, jump in." Yeah, but, I, I must yeah. admit, confess, I'm I'm a bit guilty of that. I tend to be a bit more of a talker than a listener mm. at times. You know, the balance between being a speaker and a listener is determined by the situational experience that you find yourself in. For example, in social situations, the balance between speaking and listening is closer to 50-50. Whereas in a classroom training situation, for example, the balance will be weighted heavily in favour of the trainer or the presenter, Mm. while the other people, the students, are doing all the listening. So when are you talking about more around the social settings now that we're that, that we're looking at the, the listening aspect? Well, I think it's just in general in because general. there yeah. are times where we should be speaking more than listening, and there right. are other times where we need to be listening more than speaking. But sometimes just having a sense of awareness of what sort of situation that is. Right. You know, Ariana and I like to go out to eat here and there. Yes, you do. Uh, at a restaurant, 
And one of the funny things that we've observed, which I'm sure you and Jackie have observed too, is when you're sitting there and you look across and you can hear one person at a table just chat, 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 chat. They're just going for it. And I've observed situations where the person's just talked nonstop and seemed to be gifted at speaking even when breathing in. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to. They just do not want to give a break. They do don't, they? don't want a break, none whatsoever. Just in case the other person might have something to say, and while the other person can barely get a nod in, that alone a word in edgeways in yep. the conversation. Yep. Exactly. And we often look at each other and go, "Mate, can you imagine that poor friend right now? Yep. They'll be just like, please, just give me just some give me peace." Yeah. I've had situations like that on the phone. You get called by a call center. And the person, oh, hi, is that you, Alex? Yes, it is. And then it's just this tirade of diatribe just coming out of this person. And just go, hang on, just wait one minute. Yeah, just but stop. <laughs> and you find yourself just, stop. Let me just interrupt you for one second. No, I'm not interested. Yeah, that's But it. thank you for calling. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, often I find myself hearing but not listening. Mm. And I think it's because it takes a lot more energy to really listen to somebody. It does. It takes a lot of concentration and that has an energy drain on you. Have you found that when you're really trying to listen to someone? Say if someone's come to you and they're telling you some deep thing that's really impacted their life and you're really having to concentrate, you know it's not one of those moments to zone out. Absolutely. And um, and that's something that coaches and counsellors and psych- as, as psychotherapists are are very good at is listening with intent to understand what the situation is. And it does take an emotional strain or creates an emotional strain on you, doesn't it? You're pouring a lot of energy, cognitive energy, to try and understand exactly what's being said. And you walk out at times worn out. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about those times where you're worn out, you know that there's I find that you're less worn out from talking than you are from listening. So to be a good listener, the first step is to be aware of the situation you're in so as to prepare yourself mentally Mm. for the level of listening that is required. Right. Yeah. Because you can't always be at 100%. Now, at the University of Minnesota, they did examine the listening ability of several thousand students and of hundreds of business and professional people. In each case... The person tested listened to short talks by the faculty members and, and was later examined for their grasp of the content. Mm-hmm. Now, these extensive tests led them to a general conclusion. Immediately after the average person has listened to someone talk, they remember only about half of what they have heard, yep. no matter how carefully they thought they were listening. Yep. Half. Now, being a podcast, Alex, that's not great for us. (laughs) Just press repeat. (laughs) But fortunately, yeah, guys, if you're out there, just just hit uh, the rewind button and listen again. I'm hoping you remember the good half, not the bad half. That's it. Now, what happens as time passed by? Well, Harvard Business Review's testing shows and has been substantiated by reports of research at Florida State University and Michigan State University that two months after listening to a talk, the average listener will remember only about 25% of what was said. In fact, after you've barely learned 
something, we tend to forget from one half to one third of it within eight hours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I understand. I, I recall there was another stat that we use with teaching and when you're teaching and training, and that is if if you've learned a new concept and that concept hasn't been put into practice, in other words, you haven't used it in the first 30 days, the likelihood of you remembering that concept is is probably about 10%. Yeah. So you're, you're very unlikely to remember any or all of that concept at all, other than the general idea of it. And the idea is, is when you learn something, if you can put it into practice as soon as you can afterwards, exactly. you're, you're more likely to have it um, bed down in bed your down. mind. That's right. Um, so don't waste time between what you learn and then what you try to put into action. Yeah. It's startling to realize, isn't it, that frequently we forget more in this first short interval than we do in the next six months Mm. so that first little bit in those first eight hours we lose a huge amount and then it kind of sticks there for the next six months yeah that's excellent actually i I love the fact that there's a there's people that are studying this because i wonder what really led them to or motivated them to to want to study why they're remembering things better or worse than others uh, it just it just intrigues me that uh, that that it draws people to that study, but the really, outcome of that study is is fabulous, and I'm really, really glad that they have done that because mm. it means that we get the benefit of that. Absolutely. So, can you unpack this whole this whole communication loop for us, mate? Yeah. Well, the difficulty lies that in the communication loop there are so many parts to it. Mm. It involves the speaker having to put into words what they are thinking, the brain then sends those signals to all the elements that control physical speech and facial expressions. The vibrations of sound then travel through the air to the listener's ears and where the vibrations are picked up and then interpreted by the brain through that person's visual experience and life experience. And once interpreted, the listener is having to put into words what they are thinking. Their brain sends signals to all elements that control the physical speech and facial expressions And then the vibrations of sound travel through the air to the original speaker's ears where the vibrations are picked up and then interpreted by the original speaker's brain from what they saw and heard from the listener. That is the communication loop. Now, given the complexity of that communication loop, it's little wonder that there are challenges to listening and communication in general. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are so many aspects of that loop that can be broken. Because sometimes it's not a matter of whether I heard what you said, but it's what I interpreted from what you said. That's right. And what it actually meant to me. And then it's so important that at some stage someone actually confirms that what they said and what you understand is the same thing. That's right. And so when that person, they hear through their life experience Correct. Their, and through the facial right? expressions That's that right. they viewed from you. Yep. And their interpretation. And their of interpretation that. of that. And so it's no wonder that sometimes, I oh know, you've probably had that experience where you've, you've tried to tell somebody, in your mind it's crystal clear and you've just communicated and then they go and do something that's totally different. So I didn't tell you to do that. I said, yes, you did. Hmm. <laughs> and this is part of that communication. In their mind, exactly that's what right. they heard you say. That's what they heard you say. The most important thing is what they heard you say. Yeah. And there's a huge responsibility there for us though, isn't there? As a communicator, there's a huge responsibility on the communicator to ensure that what we said is what you understand. Yeah. It's not up to the listener or the receiver to take that responsibility, but it's the communicator's responsibility to ensure that we're clear 
and we've been able to convey our message in such a manner that everyone understands it the way we expect them to. Now, I'm pretty sure that means that the leader's taking responsibility or the speaker Absolutely. is taking responsibility. And for those of you who are in leadership listening to this podcast, mm. you know specifically that a good part of leadership is communication. Absolutely. Being able to communicate a vision, being able to communicate goals, being able to communicate uh, what needs to be done. There's yep. so many elements of communication of a leader's day communication is a significant part of that and so listening is really good if you've got a leader that's a bad listener alex in your experience what's happened in some of those situations the people that communicate with them don't communicate with them because if the person knows that you're not listening to you they're not going to give you the time of day so as a leader listening skills are so so important and they really frame your interaction and relationship with that other person. Because they, if they know that they're being heard, even if they're not right, if they know they're being heard and that you're considering their point of view, that is a massive mark of respect for them that you're taking the time to actually listen to them. And that's a huge part of what we're missing in today's society is how we value other people. So being able to listen such a, a fabulous skill. So how can we actually improve our listening skills, Steve? There's a great article by the Harvard Business Review titled Listening to People as by Ralph G. Nichols and Leonard A. Stevens. And essentially, they said that to improve our listening skills, we must first understand what the main problem is with listening. It has to do with the difference between the speed that we speak at and the speed at which the brain thinks. Now, this is really important. They say it might seem logical to slow down our thinking when we listen so as to coincide with the 125 word per minute speech rate. And mind you, that can go up and down. Sometimes it's up to 170. It can be higher for I, some people. I know some people, they can speak at 125 words a second. That's right. So, <laughs> Just... it, so we'll average it out at a nice measurely 125 yeah. words per minute, the speed at which we speak at. But the thought processes find it difficult to actually slow down to that speed because we can think a lot faster than that. Mm. When we listen, we continue thinking at high speed while the spoken words arrive at low speed. In the act of listening, the differential between thinking and speaking rates means that our brain works with hundreds of words in addition to those that we hear, assembling thoughts other than those spoken to us. To phrase it another way, we can listen and still have some spare time for thinking. The use or misuse of this spare thinking time holds the answer to how well a person can concentrate on the spoken word. So that's why when we're listening to someone, it's easy for our brains to just go off on some sidetracks. It's taking its own journey, reading another book somewhere else. But you're actually still taking in what that listener is saying um, but you're off on a tangent. You're off with the fairies. And they call these sidetracks or tangents uh, as a result of what we're hearing. So you're hearing 125 words per minute. But, but your I'm thinking 4,000 words yeah, a minute. Yeah, <laughs> your brain is absolutely on fire yeah. and it's going, just get to the point. Yeah. Um, and also you start diving off. Or when he stops speaking or she stops speaking, I'm going to bring up this point or that point. Yeah. But what happens as you go along is that you find that these sidetracks, you end up indulging in them more and more. Yeah. And then you come back to listening because you've gone longer down a sidetrack. 
Then you come back to listening and what happens is that the speaker is then moved on significantly enough that you've actually missed a portion. Yep. So the longer the conversation goes, the more sidetracks you end up taking and the more you start missing is you can miss up to half of what they've said. Yeah, goodness me. As then, a result of that sidetrack. And then if you, you take into consideration that then within a very short time you're gonna you're gonna lose half of what you'd already heard, you're gonna lose half of that anyway. So really you may end up only hearing a quarter of the conversation where you should have been listening to the whole conversation. Yeah. So That's these huge. these little mental excursions that we go on, and I'm guilty of those, like any nobody else. I go on these little mental excursions. <laughs> I just thought I'd play that for you, mate, while you're on an excursion. Thanks, mate. Little fairyland. <laughs> appreciate that. Well, at least we got you know when you got buttons, you just have to push them. Oh, you gotta push them, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. Nick <laughs> there we go. Nichols and Stevens found that good listeners regularly engage in four mental activities and each geared to the oral discourse and taking place concurrently with that oral discourse. All four of these mental activities are neatly coordinated when listening works at its best. They tend to direct a maximum amount of thought to the message being received, which leaves a minimum amount of time for mental excursions on sidetracks leading away from the talker's thought. Mm. So... How can we move away from sidetracks? This to is really use complex. This time isn't it? To this, use, yeah. it is. It well, is what, really complex. What we want to do is reduce that time going off on tangents and sidetracks in yeah. our minds and rather train ourselves to be more efficient in our listening. Yeah. So there are four processes to improve listening. Number one, the listener thinks ahead of the talker, trying to anticipate where this discourse is going and leading to and what conclusions will be drawn from the words spoken at the moment so it means you're focusing your thoughts around i wonder where he's going next with what he's saying now which means you're keeping your thoughts fixed on the conversation right not diverging off the conversation or bouncing off the conversation to something else okay so that's the first thing the second thing you can do to improve your listening is that the listener Good listeners weigh the evidence used by the talker to support the points that are being made. Is this evidence valid? The listener asks themselves, is it the complete evidence? Mm. So they're trying to think around what's being said. Is this adding up to where I think they're going to? And it's trying to stay focused around that discourse. Yep. Yep, that makes sense. So another thing you can do is periodically the listener reviews and mentally summarizes the points of the talk completed thus far and would you reflect that back to the person yes so you might say steve so what i'm hearing you say is that you know rather than me trying to listen ahead of you talking i should actually be listening and focusing on what you're you're currently saying so that i can i can weigh that up against the evidence of what i where i believe you're going with with the situation yeah is that a fair that's right Alex. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay good it's a really good thing to check in with people to make sure that you've they've actually you're still on the journey with them. you're with them and right. that you're understanding what they're saying correctly. Yep. Otherwise, mm. you can be drawing all these wrong conclusions as you go along, and then you miss the main points. My wife and I have these conversations, not quite as often as what we used to in the in the past, but it's like so. Do I understand that what you're trying to say is this? No, that's not what I tried to say. What did you try and say? That. Well, it's not what you actually said. So let's talk about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we've had those conversations. Absolutely. And it's great to check in though, isn't it? It's great to, to, to feedback from each other. And I think that's a really valid, especially as your communication, because there's so many different levels of communication. 
especially as your relationship deepens, you should be free to be able to have that conversation at that level of reflecting back and saying, so do I understand it that this, 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 and this is what you mean? No. Okay, so what did you mean? Because that's what I understood from what you told me. Tell me what it is that you meant. And you'd want to feel free to be able to have that conversation without judgment and without any condemnation and without any, any you know, recourse of any any description. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. some people just say, yeah, yeah, yes, and then walk away. They don't actually understand what you're asking them to do. That's right. I think the longer the person speaks, the more you should uh, stop every now and then just to ask and reflect, and back. reflect back to them yep. so that they, they know that you're on the right track and you know that you're on the right track. Rather than wait to the very end, which means that you've forgotten about clarifying on certain things on the way through. Exactly. Okay, good. So throughout the talk, the listener listens between the lines. So if you're a good listener, you listen between the lines in search of meaning that is not necessarily put into spoken words. So you pay attention to the nonverbal communication, facial expressions, gesture, tone of voice. Now, we, we do this subconsciously mostly. We do. We're looking at the person and we get a lot of visual cues from them when we're speaking and that says to us, as the speaker, we're getting a sense of where this person's at. Mm. Um, and so when we're listening to the a speaker, you're watching their face to see what they're communicating non-verbally. Yeah. Now, we all know that non-verbal communication makes up the bulk of what's communicated. Oh, we had Steve Van Apperen here recently, didn't we? And he was telling us about detecting lies and all those sorts of things. But one of the cr critical things he did say was that, is that we need to look for, we need to have a baseline of how that person communicates. And, you know, looking at the body language and the non-verbal communication is such an important aspect of, of understanding whether that person is still with you or not or whether they're lying to you or otherwise. I think that's it's why very, the, very important. I think that's why the pleasantries before a deep conversation mm. or the initial lead up conversation before you get into a deeper conversation or yep. the topic at hand is a really critical period. We often dismiss that yeah, absolutely. as not being that important. But it is. But we should be getting that baseline like Steve at Van Abram was talking yeah. about and as you brought up to kind of help us get an idea of how we're going to read the visual mm. cues from the person and what's normal and what's, what's out not. of yeah. the, the box and not normal for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very good. So we're looking at the nonverbal expressions, facial expressions, gestures, tone of voice to see if it adds meaning to the spoken word. You can ask yourself, is the talker purposely skirting some area of the subject yeah. and why are they doing so? Mm. So the speed at which we think compared to that which people talk allows plenty of time for us to accomplish these four mental tasks when we listen. However, they do require practice before they can be part of your mental agility that makes for good listening. So you can develop these things over time and that'll help you to focus your mind around the speaker hmm. rather than going off on tangents or what am I going to say next and yep. catching yourself out going there. We get into habits of doing it. Yep, absolutely, we do so. And so this is a new habit of working through these four areas to become a great listener. That's exactly right. And so, so I guess what you're saying is that to be a better listener, we need to work towards replacing the old habits of the sidetrack thinking, as you mentioned before. Hmm from sidetracking from the speaker to develop a new habit, a better habit 
of concentrating and focusing around the speaker. So we're just focusing entirely on what the speaker is saying and we're intently listening not to respond but we're intently listening to understand what that person is saying. That's correct. You're onto it. Developing your listening skills will pay huge dividends in a leader's ability to connect with people. Once they know that you're not only hearing, but you're listening to them, then that gives them confidence to talk to you even more Mm. and opens up deeper questions and deeper opportunities for them to communicate with you about all kinds of things. And that connection means you have the ability to influence, which means you are leading in that person's life. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. The way that you show someone that you care is you actually listen to them uh, because that really becomes that ability for them to open to you because they won't open to you until they know that they can actually trust you. I would say that's the first gift that you can actually give to somebody Mm. is to listen to them. Fantastic. That's very, very good, man. I really appreciated today's talk. So leaders are learners. They are indeed. But leaders are also listeners. Listeners. Thank you. And you know what? If you guys did get something good out of today, and I'm sure you would have because it's a fabulous subject, just head on over to Leaderflow. Give us a five-star review. I know Steve deserves it. He's a, he's a very good communicator and he's a very good listener as well. Uh, but head over to our Facebook page and uh, we'd love for you to connect that way uh, or come across to uh, leaderflow.com.au and drop us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've got a subject that you'd love to talk about or love us to talk about, please uh, let us know. Uh, thanks for today and I look forward to catching up next time, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Leaderflow podcast. If you found our content valuable, you can subscribe and give us a five-star review so others can benefit from the content too. All our episodes and other valuable Leaderflow information can be found on our website, leaderflow.com.au.